0: Some young players came to play during the Prospects Challenge, but yet some people on social media weren't satisfied with their overall efforts, whereas some other people on social media were in fact pushing for this player to be signed. And also, Timo Meyer had a big announcement, but don't worry. He is just going from 96 to 28. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're locked on Devils your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked Devils podcast here on Locked Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Dale wire for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. My apologies for not posting an episode yesterday. Unfortunately, I was under the weather, so I wasn't in the best of shape to record an episode But like always, I will make it up to you guys. And speaking of episodes, I am back to posting five episodes per week because the season is right around the corner and we are getting closer to the end of the offseason. And I am looking forward to it. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple prospects that impressed, particularly Shimon the Mets and a controversial tweet that made its way on the X app. And then we'll talk about Riley Mercer, the younger brother of Dawson Mercer and should the Devils minor league system sign him to a contract. And then to round it all off in segment three, we're going to talk about a jersey number switch for Timo Meyer because he will no longer wear 96. He is going back to his roots and putting on number 28 come next season. So let's start with Shimon the Mets and his true impact for the Devils and my expectations for him going forward. Now, like I just said moments ago, There was a controversial tweet put out by a group called Big Head Hockey. They have about 19.3 thousand followers on the X app. And they said that they expected more from Shimon Nemets during the prospects challenge. They put up his stats. They said he had like zero goals, two assists. He had a negative plus minus. And they said that's the best that the second overall pick for the Devils can do. And basically that sparked huge controversy. Because you had people, uh, a part of the Devil's discourse, including myself, responding to them and saying, You clearly did not watch the games. And I think James Nichols also got into the mix. James Nichols is a friend of the show and he's a writer for New Jersey Hockey Now. And he said that uh, Nemetz was playing chess while the rest of the players were playing checkers. He was a man amongst boys. And Basically, like I said, it was just absolute bedlam to the point where Big Head Hockey had to delete the tweet. And I searched high and low for the now since deleted tweet, but I couldn't find it. So, note to self when I see a controversial tweet, screenshot it so I could share it on the episode. But nonetheless, it doesn't take away from the fact that they literally just went out and put out a misleading stat because. Here's the thing when I try to assess defensemen and their overall production. So let's use another example. Let's use someone like Kevin Ball. So when I assess Kevin Ball, I don't just look at his points because I know we're in the modern NHL. And basically the whole narrative is that in order to be a good defenseman, you got to put up a lot of points. Well, the Mets is capable of doing so, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But one of the things I look for is like defensive point shares, hits blocks and some other advanced analytics just to prove that this player is in fact a good player and shimon the mets is no different now here's the thing it's like like i just said moments ago we're in a day and age where it, the, the the bigger the stats you have as a defenseman you're uh looked more favorably so look at someone like eric carlson for the pittsburgh penguins a multi-time uh norris trophy winner he obviously just shattered Uh, the voting, and he was going to win the Norris Trophy just this uh, past season. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. But the fact of the matter is that when it comes to the actual defense, Carlson is a turnover machine. So that's where I stand with this overall tweet from Big Head Hockey. It was very misleading. They didn't uh, obviously watch the games, and they're looking at it from a basic statistical uh, standpoint, which was not okay to do, and that's where I took exception to it because I'm like, well, if Shimon the Mets wasn't good defensively and putting up those kind of numbers, then I would see your point, but that's not the case. In fact, in game one against the Ottawa Senators, the Devils only scored two goals, but who was uh, responsible for assisting on both those goals? It was Shimon the Mets. So he played in two of the three prospect challenge games, and he walked away with two points in two games. That is phenomenal, and when looking at what he did in Utica just this past season, it was sort of a transitional period to North American style hockey for the Mets because he appeared in 65 games, he had 12 goals, 22 assists for a grand total of 34 points. So once again, the Mets is capable of putting up some big offensive numbers, and I think he did just fine in the prospects challenge. So one of the things that I noticed from the Mets is once again he was a man amongst boys. He was asserting himself on the blue line. He was playing physical. He was skating really well. And similar to what Nichols alluded to, which I believe he uh, put out uh, on the X app, which was Nemetz was just playing chess while the rest of the players were playing checkers. And another thing I want to add to Big Head Hockey and their uh, controversial take from a couple days ago is that I know the Devils are big on their defensive prospects who are capable of putting up big offensive numbers. So example one would be Luke Hughes, and example number two would be Seamus Casey, and they're expecting the same thing from Shimon the Mets. Well, this sort of transitions into my next talking point in this segment, which is what are my expectations for Shimon the Mets? Like, where do I foresee him sliding into this Devils roster? Because it is going to be a talking point Going into the main training camp and preseason, and basically determining will the Mets make the opening night roster? Well, I think the initial plan for the Devils was to develop Luke Hughes and Shimon the Mets side by side because Hughes is a left handed defenseman, the Mets is a right handed defenseman. But when we're talking about like offense and uh, who would be the better offensive, productive player on the defensive side of things, obviously that's going to go towards Luke Hughes and Shimon the Mets. While he's capable of putting up some big offensive numbers, he would focus more on the defense because, let's face it, Hughes is better in that sort of category. So I think that was the initial plan. But obviously, since Luke Hughes is essentially taking the spot of Ryan Gray's, he most likely will be paired alongside John Marino. So if Shimon the Mets were to make the opening night roster, he would be competing with Colin Miller, Brendan Smith for that uh, bottom four defensive role alongside with Kevin Ball. So the, 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 the plans have changed a little bit for the Devils in that sort of aspect. But when focusing more on Shimon Nemetz's offensive game, will he be given a big opportunity to showcase it compared to Luke Hughes? The answer to that, in my opinion, is going to be no, because I talked about it like a few episodes ago, which was the offense is going to have to generate from someone other than Dougie Hamilton on the Devils' blue line, And that's going to go to Luke Hughes more times than not. Now, I'm not saying that the Mets will be a total like egg in that sort of category. I don't expect that at all. But in terms of just being the go to guy in terms of offensive production, that's not really going to be his role. His role is going to be like someone who is capable of putting up offensive numbers. But he is more going to focus on like being a decent two way player, similar to what Damon Severson was last year or what I'm projecting for Colin Miller to be. So uh, and also the Devils do have their hands tied in terms of developing their young defensemen, including Kevin Ball and Luke Hughes. So honestly, there's no rush for Shimon Nemetz to make the opening night roster. In fact, I am p- perfectly fine with him marinating in Utica just a bit more because uh obviously the Devils got Colin Miller over the offseason, so that's going to be Nemets' main competition. And remember Miller played top line defensive minutes with the Dallas stars just this past season. So that would be a, sort of a tall order for the Mets. I'm not saying he's not up for it, but I'm just saying like there's no rush and Miller's only here for like one more season. So worst comes to worst that role for the Mets will continue to become bigger and bigger and bigger come next season. Or maybe Colin Miller won't, won't be all that good. And then you have no choice, but to insert the match because you definitely don't want to put Brendan Smith in too many games this season, but That's my thing for Shimon the Mets. I do not agree with Big Head Hockey's uh, take on his overall production. I think he performed just well in the Prospects Challenge. I wish that they would look at his defensive point shares, his hits, his blocks, some more advanced analytics, or just watch it with with your own two eyes because obviously you were just scoreboard watching. So – That's my thing. The Mets performed just fine. He was making the smart plays. He was keeping possessions alive for the Devils. He used his stick really well. He was skating really well. He was asserting himself really well. And he definitely deserved to be one of the leaders for the prospects in this prospect challenge. So that's my thing. Shimon the Mets is going to be just fine. I don't know why we're having this discussion, but obviously some people just needed to learn. And then Big Head Hockey ended up putting out a statement saying that, Their tweet really didn't, like, reflect what they were trying to portray. Well, honestly, I don't care what you're trying to portray. My thing is, is, like, Nemets is going to be just fine, even if he's not putting up the same offensive numbers as Luke Hughes. If Nemetz is playing well defensively and can be that two-way player that we're projecting him to be, I think the Devils got a steal, even though they had the second overall pick when they selected the best. I still think the Devils got a steal because, obviously – who was available to be selected, Logan Cooley or Shane Wright and a few others, because Wright was projected to go like, I think, first overall at one point, And then Logan Cooley was projected to go to Coyotes at number three. And once uh, Uri Slavkoski was selected, number one, that opened up the floodgates and the potential opportunity for the Devils to select either Cooley or Wright. But they stuck with their gut and they drafted what they needed, not exactly who was the best player available. So that's why I think it's sort of a quote-unquote steal for the Devils. But at the end of the day, will the Mets make the opening night roster? I really don't know, but he's heading in the right direction. So he had a good showing in the Prospects Challenge. Now we got to see what he does in training camp, preseason, and then we'll get a good gauge as to where his development is at. But if he has to stay in Utica a little bit longer, no harm, no foul, because last year was his first – season playing North American style hockey. So maybe he just needs a little bit more time because like I said, last season, transitional period, but now he might be ready for that bigger role. Okay. So let's talk about another prospect that caught headlines amongst the devil's discourse. And that is Dawson Mercer's little brother, Riley. And no, Riley is not a Ford similar to his brother, but he is a goalie so i think mercer really came into the light for the devils fans in game three uh against the boston bruins which was on monday in which he saw 28 shots he uh, was able to stop 26 of them he had a save percentage of 928 and the devils won their only game of prospects challenge in that matchup by a score of four to two against the bruins once more so a lot of people were just like, you know what? Mercer is looking really good. And maybe he's not an elite winger like his brother, but he could definitely be an option for some of uh, the Devils' minor league uh, affiliates. So obviously we would talk about Utica uh, for the AHL or Adirondack for the ECHL. But here's something I did during development camp, which was I uh, told the prospects scouting report and then I played a soundbite so that way you could get to learn that prospect a little bit better. Now, obviously I was not in attendance for prospects challenge because I'm on the other side of the country for the time being, but here's what Mercer did during his uh, stint with the QMJHL just this past season playing for the Drummondville Voltigers. I, I I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't really know my French soldier uh, definition. So it goes to show you how much I paid attention in history class, but Anyway, while playing in the QMGHL just this past season, he appeared in 22 games. He had a goals against average of 3.07 and a save percentage of 902, and he had one shutout to his credit. And the one thing I could say for Mercer, looking at his stats as a goalie, it seems like he he has gotten better and better and better because during the 2020-2021 season with Drummondville, once again, he appeared in four games. He had a goals against average of 3.08, had a save percentage of 8.67 then uh just last year he appeared in 29 games the goals against average was a little bit higher but still i think it translates a little better knowing that he appeared in more games i don't know math was never my strong suit he had a goals against average of 3.62 and a same percentage of 886 and two shutouts and uh once again the, just this past season he had a record of 13 7 and 1 so There's your brief scouting report on Mercer and what you need to know of him as a goalie. But courtesy of the Devils social media team, Amanda Stein was able to do a one on one interview with him post game. So I'm going to play that clip. It's about a three minute clip. So I want you guys to get to know Mercer a little bit better. So take it away and I'll see you guys shortly.
1: Riley, you and your family have become accustomed to this organization, but what was it like for you to be part of this camp and be able to play today?
0: Yeah,
2: it was a great experience, obviously, coming here last year and playing against the Devils, so it was nice to be on the Devils' side this time and watching them a lot uh, last year and watched uh, going to watch them a lot this year with Dawson there, so it was nice to get out there, uh, get the opportunity, and try to make the most of it what did it
1: mean to you when you were invited to this camp
2: yeah it, it meant a lot obviously uh jersey like i said watching them so much dawson's there you know for them to give me an opportunity to come in and try to show myself not just to them but other teams that's at this tournament watching games so grateful for the opportunity and try to try to make the most of it
1: what's probably one of the most important things you've learned from this experience being on the inside of the organization
2: yeah, uh, I think just how everything works, uh, how professional the organization is, uh, even with the AHL coaches, I'm sure the NHL is uh, another step too. But just uh, to come in and uh, be around the guys, uh, notice how the pro game works, it's uh, it's great to come in and experience.
1: What would you like from your game today? And obviously posting that victory, huge for everybody.
2: Yeah, it's, it's huge to get the, I guess, the kind of first preseason win for the Devils here. Uh, but I, I liked my game a lot. I thought I competed competed well. Obviously, not every game is going to be perfect, but uh, every time you go in the net, you try to give your team a chance to win. I think I had done that on a few occasions here today, so I was I was pleased with my effort.
1: How challenging can it be for a player like yourself who you were saying, you know, last year you were here with Montreal. You went to Ottawa's development camp. What is that like for a player?
2: Yeah, it's obviously a bit different, but it's it's nice, honestly, you know, being free agent, trying to, Trying to make the most is what you can when you get to every organization. Try to make a, a lasting impact so so they remember you for who you are as a as a person and who you are as a player for uh, for time and future when when juniors over and you know teams are are looking to sign and play pro. So you know they have a, a little bit of feedback on who you are as a person and player.
1: And what was it like working with Brian Eckland this weekend?
2: Yeah, Brian's great. Yeah, yeah, I love working with Brian. I think uh, anytime you get to the chance to work with a different goalie coach, try to take uh, as much as you can from him, be like a sponge and you know, try to just learn and take things from him to, that he thinks you can bring into your game, and make you a better goalie. So when I go back to junior, I look at, at taking a few things from that Eck gave me and, uh, and putting those into my game, and make me better.
1: Is there anything in particular you can share that he sort of showed you?
2: Yeah, well, I think just uh, obviously the game's quicker. He wants me to, to travel on my feet as fast as possible. You know, try to stay stay stance uh, my stance well and lateral movements i think th- those are some key points in traffic a few times just like using your body instead of your hands trying to make make yourself big as possible but i think those are a few things we talked about over over the week and try to work on so
0: so would i be interested in either utica or adirondack uh signing mercer honestly i i see no issue in that because one thing I think the Devils sort of need at, at this time, at least for their AHL and ECHL program, is that they need a little bit more depth at the goalie position because we were literally just having a discussion just a, a few episodes ago is who's going to be the third string goalie for the Devils? Is it going to be Keith Kincaid what, while he's playing with the Chicago Wolves, a now independent AHL team? Or is it going to be Eric Schalgren, the former Toronto Maple Leaf, who's going to be playing in the AHL? and possibly filling in the role for the injured nico dawes quite honestly i i don't see any harm or foul of signing mercer to a contract and if he performs well in either the echl or the ahl it's just another goalie option that the devils can have once they decide to actually sign him to a contract because you know if he if uh utica or adirondack was to sign him to a contract he would have to remain there but we, we, we know the gif of it. We know what the contract situation would look like. But nonetheless, I think it would give the Devils some more options at the goalie position. And if he develops in the correct way and if he shows improvement, like I alluded to just moments ago, I don't see why not. So, yeah, sign Mercer, I don't care if it's ECHL or AHL, let's uh, get Riley in the same organization as his brother one day. So, I'm all for it because, once again, Devils need to develop some more goalies so that way they have more options to turn to if they need a third-string goalie. Now with Mackenzie Blackwood gone, that sort of leaves a hole that needs to be filled for the Devils. Now, before we talk about Timo Meyer and his big announcement— I want to tell you guys about FanDuel because I want you guys to win some extra money. So snap into this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. So FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and you know what? Why don't you bet on the New Jersey Devils money line, props, whatever the case might be. Please remember to do so responsibly. And now let me tell you guys about Jace Medical. So the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call With one of our board-certified physicians, get ongoing care from a physician of any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Jace Medical is simple. Once again, you go online, fill out a form, and then you get a prescription, life-saving medications, right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that way you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in case of emergency. Jace Medical makes you have the medication in hand. Save more than three hundred and sixty dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional twenty dollars off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. All right, let's talk about Timo Meyer. So a few months back, when it was announced that Timo Meyer had signed a lengthy extension with the Devils organization. One of the questions that Ryan Ovazinski of NJ.com asked Timo was like, would he switch back from 96 to 28? Because obviously during his entire tenure playing in the NHL, Meyer was uh, was always 28. But then once he got traded to the Devils, longtime Devils player, Damon Severson already had the number, So Meyer had to switch to 96. In fact, he was the first Devils player in franchise history to wear 96. So, a lot of people were wondering, now that Damon Severson is gone, would Meyer switch back to 28? And I think in response to Novo's uh, question, Meyer was, said he would ponder it. He would just uh, see like what the best possible outcome is. And ultimately, just a few days later, it was made official. So Meyer released a statement. He said, the way I came here last year, 28 was Damon Severson's. And you know, the situation with the contract and all that, I didn't really know where uh, his future was. Tom said, choose wisely with your number when he traded for me because you're going to have it for a long time. So, oh boy, Fitzy just planting that seed in, inside of uh, Meyer's head already, just saying, like, you're going to be here long term. So, Meyer continued to say, I talked to my friends and family and was like, what do you guys think? And most of the people said 28. They think 96 looks better on me, but 28 for me is more what I've done for me in the NHL. It's my number. It's kind of brought me luck. So, what are my thoughts on Timo Meyer switching to 28? Honestly, I would have to agree with them. I thought 96 was a really good looking number on him because I, I it was just cool because once again, there had never been a Devils player that wore 96. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was different. Obviously, Meyer was born in 1996 and. 28 I I don't know it's already been done for the Devils organization but if it's any consolation Meyer's going to be the 28th player in Devils history to wear 28 so yeah I, I guess hopefully that's a sign we'll see if he's going to be the last player to wear 28 because if his career uh, takes off if he's able to play a big sizable role on the Devils roster for years to come then maybe 28 will be in the Raptors alongside with Heischer and Hughes but that's yet to to be seen, but obviously I just, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought 96 was cool, but 28 returns from Damon Severson to Timo Myers. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section about Shimon Nemets and his overall production during the Prospects challenge. And what are your personal expectations for Nemets? And then also what are your opinions on Riley Mercer? Are you going to jump on the bandwagon or do you think it was all a uh, hype and hoopla? Because I'll just say one thing. If Mercer was able to handle himself against other NHL prospects, then why not sign him to an ECHL or an AHL deal? And then for Timo Meyer, which one did you prefer, 28 or 96? Also worth mentioning that if you wear 96 and if you go to the Devils uh, team store uh, for the first couple weeks of the season, you will get a 28% discount courtesy. Of Timo Meyer, but honestly, '96 that might be a cool novelty jersey. So it's the first jersey that Timo Meyer wore, or Devils legend Timo Meyer when he first got to New Jersey. Just trying to cheer you guys up a little bit. But anyway, as for his episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils! I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.